0: What's up, QAA listeners? The fun games have begun. I found a way
1: to connect to the internet. I'm sorry, boy. boy. Welcome, listener, to the 64th chapter of the QAnon Anonymous podcast, the Finders Group and Satanic Ritual Abuse episode. As always, we're your hosts, Jake Rokitansky, Julian Fields, and Travis View. Q is
2: back. Da, da, da. Ooh, I thought hard. I'd get that out of the way. All right. Uh, we're going to be yeah. exploring it more in the A News segment, but I just want to know... How are you feeling, boys?
3: You know, I feel like Q is a bit of a sophomore slump. He, 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 took, he, took, he took a little bit of sabbatical. He cams back. I'm expecting him to bring the heat. This I is, was expecting, uh, more. That's yeah, expecting more. I was it's very li- rich from someone who built his career on this guy. <laughs> I, I, I have
1: to admit, I found the whole thing a little anticlimactic. Like, nobody Jake re- often goes on 8chan and expects to climax, and he didn't. <laughs> I didn't. And nobody really knew if it was real. Like, Sather tweeted... What with like a bunch of teas, and he was yeah. like, he was like, could this be the new Q drops? Like waiting for confirmation or whatever. Okay, but are you so codependent that you look to sather to figure out your own emotions, Jake? No, but I. But if sather's not one hundred percent on it, then I'm not one hundred percent on it. And so
2: Saether isn't a hundred percent on being a human being on <laughs> so, earth. Like he's so not, I, not I,
1: clearly made of flesh. I went to the you know the normal channels. I was looking, and people seemed hesitant, which is really funny because nobody knows if they're nobody knows if this thing is real so they're they're constantly worried about getting embarrassed and trolled and so nobody really wanted to go out on a limb and be like yes these are this is definitive q or whatever so so, so and then felt- i felt so i saw then later in the night q 76 and a couple other people that said oh, yes okay these are they've been added to q map and all that stuff and i was like okay so they're legit but by then my my boner had already sort of wilted a okay. little bit you know what i mean it was okay well was- i just wanted a
2: quick emotional reaction because we're going to tuck cover to the news but if you want to get into your boner wilting i mean that's fine too
3: i mean it was yeah. you know travis back me up here like it was kind of anticlimactic you know yeah yeah i was expecting something just big and dramatic not like all this this rot. we'll get into again i don't it, know man you know what i've w-
2: read articles about travis view recently and like there's reasons why he's trying to downplay this <laughs> <laughs> so this week we're tackling the finders cult a secretive organization accused of satanic ritual child abuse We'll take a look at the original case from 1987, trace where it went from there, and finally take a deep dive into the organization's pre World War II roots and their outlandish leader, a man called Marion Petty. The finders have recently gotten fresh attention when the FBI declassified a trove of documents related to them. But was this declass just a way of distracting you from the fact that nobody is covering or prosecuting the vast and very real cabal of pedophiles and child traffickers involved? In the Epstein case, yes, probably, maybe,
1: definitely, allegedly. If you like the show, you can support us and get a second weekly episode for just five bucks a month. Uh, This will also get you access to our archive of premium episodes. Plus, you'll allow us to remain ad-free. So if you haven't already, please head to patreon.com slash QAnon Anonymous and subscribe. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. hell yeah and describe, the, the describe, web, and describe just describe the, describe the website your life you see just describe <laughs> your
2: life describe just post about anything post. really don't give us any money it's a blog it's just, an open blog
1: you can it's just, like a chan you can drop it's, it's just drops just do a drop you can just make <laughs> drops you can <laughs> add <laughs> pictures <laughs> and whatever you want thank you so much so that. please head to patreon.com slash QAnon Anonymous you're gonna say and it again subscribe okay it's good I guess reminding people it's like
2: the what do they call that when you try to inseminate someone's mind with thoughts
1: inception sure <laughs>
2: Yeah, it's that. It's yeah, that. Inception. It's inception. Yeah, it's inception. Yeah. Okay, but can I keep calling it insemination? <laughs> All right, moving on. Uh, before we jump into our main topic, it's time for the dreaded
0: QAnon news. Of course,
3: our number one story is eight coon goes live and ushers in the second coming of Q. Q-Anon. It finally happened roughly three months after the last Q drop on August 1st, and uh, 8chan went down on August 4th. The rebranded site 8 Coon went live on November 2nd. Uh, like 8chan creator Frederick Brennan discussed on our last episode, for the past few weeks, he's been successfully encouraging third-party uh, uh, server providers to drop 8 coon as a client, which has preventing the site from going live. But 8kun was able to go live thanks in part to a Russian company called VD Sina. Which we did not found.
2: This is not just to get the podcast back on track. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah. no, okay? no, 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 not, not Our, not, our, our numbers, by Russian the way, are not house. flagging. Yeah. Not we our keep Russ- hearing that from people on Gab, on Vote, on 8kun saying that Travis is a shill and writing long articles about the history of Travis and how he's tied to George Soros. <laughs> yeah. That article, by the way amazing yeah i'm very proud love it and our name is all over it thank you so much for giving us the attention everybody
3: so uh the ceo of that russian company is uh nick divas and uh, on twitter nick did respond to requests to give Eight Chan the boot and uh, here's what he said
1: thank you for the report uh unfortunately it's likely it'll take us more than 24 hours to respond due to several factors we need to analyze the content. The website owner is not our direct customer. But rest assured, we will act diligently. So
3: they are taking a look at it. Maybe they're going to get the
1: boot again. <laughs> we'll find
3: out. Yeah,
2: he wants to check the boards before. Yeah, He's like, okay, fine. I'll let it go. I'll take it down, but I just want some Q drops. Just
3: please,
2: <laughs> please, something, anything.
3: So, uh, But uh, this does not mean that Frederick's efforts were in vain, even though 8 Coon is up. So the site is <laughs> mostly not... Accessible on the Clearnet right now, which yeah, is yeah, it's on and off. With the, yeah, so intermittent. So the Clearnet is just the regular internet you could access directly via browsers like Safari or Chrome. Uh, instead, users <laughs> so have. Do you have any other browsers for us? No, no, those are the two browsers. <laughs>
1: uh, <laughs> I like to. Yeah. I yeah. like to throw um Firefox. Yeah, Fire Mozilla Firefox in there. Why not? Sure. Okay. sure. Uh, I would like to throw Netscape in there. Netscape. Yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> you, if you're still, if you're reading 8chan and you're a big fan.
3: Use Netscape. Yeah. We (laughs) recommend it. So uh, instead, users have to rely on anonymous networks like Tor or LokiNet in order to view the website. I'm not not familiar at all with LokiNet, but apparently they're using that. Um, Ooh, it's a
0: trickster network. (laughs) (laughs) Brother Thor. (laughs) So...
3: So even on the darknet, though, the site uh, is very slow and buggy already. There have been several long hour stretches with no new post anywhere on the site uh, because the posting feature wasn't working. So I just imagine a
2: child pornographer somewhere just cursing and beating his computer screen as he tries to upload a single JPEG.
3: <laughs> For fuck's sake. OK, but despite that. Q was able to create a few new drops. Create? Wow, you think he's an artist. He is an artist. You're very excited about this, aren't you? So after 3,570 drops, the QAnon community was eagerly awaiting the first drop since 8chan went down. And here it is. Drop 3,571.
0: Slash BAS underscore test slash 2.
3: Wow! Yeah, yeah, that's it. That was that that was the first uh, guess how he announced his return. See, this is what <laughs> I'm talking about. It's like what, what the fuck is this bullshit? That's how Give you it. Give me something dramatic. Well, because the that because the thing is, yes. I would I would prefer to, I'm back. I'm back would like would be an
1: awesome yes. first joke. Yes, that would be. But the thing is, first, you got to remember, you got to remember, this is this is uh, uh, military uh, LARP, and so y- there's no there's no like. English sentence that you could put together that could sum up the gravitas of this, you know, this three-month absence and then return. I think, I think people would be disappointed. So I I do think that it was smart to go with something that people would be like, "Oh, well, clearly he's signaling to the big team. This is this is stuff that's over our head. This is military intel codes. Well, that's how we know that this is serious. He's back. He's doing it. I don't know. I I I, I
2: can see Brad Pitt being like, "This is the raw. Yeah, this is the raw. This is
1: the raw Intel." intel.
2: Yeah." because it's like just numbers and le- like this is this is the kind of shit that makes them come because they know that on you know on some message board somewhere someone is like putting this into a fucking excel spreadsheet they've been working on for two years and uh they're going to output some conclusion and they yeah. did they fucking did what but let's you, let's go through the other what the, do you guys think bas stands for bullshit yeah. ass stupid <laughs> <laughs> Got that one locked and loaded, baby. All
1: right. Um, But let's do the other uh, drops as well. Okay. I've got them saved, of course.
2: They're all so amazing. Mm-hmm. I think my favorite one is the YouTube uh, link.
1: Okay. So <laughs> the I think the second one was another uh, list. Yes. Of,
2: please yeah. go through the list.
0: Okay. All right.
2: Enjoy this drop, by the way, listener.
0: Slash sec underscore config underscore a slash one. Slash sec underscore config slash a1 slash 2 slash sec underscore config slash a2 slash 3. I mean, this is not to
3: interrupt you, Q, but that's you can't interrupt you, Q, but but
2: it goes on like that. All right, give us the last three, four lines. Give us the last three, four lines. You get the idea.
0: E is for espionage. Welcome (laughs) to Sesame Street. (laughs) Okay,
2: give us the last three lines though before. Okay, the last three lines
0: are slash DOD underscore route underscore twenty to twenty-nine slash DOD underscore route underscore nine 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 slash slash DOD underscore pack underscore one two ninety-nine slash Slash my grandparents' basement. Slash the log (laughs) file for my Wi-Fi router.
2: Slash. I mean, incredible stuff. Uh, The next post was, if I'm not wrong, just a YouTube link to a video of a what is described as a slow motion waving American flag that's on right a
3: pole that's Just, right that's Just it flapping yeah. American flag what, what, do think, what do you think what do you think mean
1: do you think that there is a message coded inside the flag or mm-hmm, absolutely that America is a great country that the flag in the way it's rippling or whatever is actually like Morse code yes you should definitely study this I will it won't drive you crazy. <laughs> I will. I shall. I, I have. mean, they will anyways. Right. I mean, they're going to they're going to. I'd yeah. lo- I'm curious to hear what the what the interpretations are. But I mean, with a bunch of string of numbers and a floating flag, I mean, you can really do anything.
3: These are uh, sometimes what I what call like raw raw posts where it's not it's not about like actually mm. delivering you coded information. It's about like rallying the troops getting kind of giving excited. It's like it's like if, if this is supposed to be like uh, if I, I, I sort of my sort of channel to uh, military intelligence. Like give us some some shit. Not a yeah. link to a YouTube this is video. Tell uh, me
1: fucking D-Class imminent.
3: Like yeah, tell right, me that. Right.
1: Just tell me that yeah. tell me that fucking the cuffs are on Hillary Clinton's writ. Like oh God. Where's the shit? Where's so, the fucking shit? You've been gone for three months where where is yeah. the, the progress report like don't go back Fuck, to fucking you know what I mean like where's if the you progress have su-
3: you have super secret intel and you're you're giving me links to YouTube videos and Twitter uh, you know tweets that are of uh, already yeah. existed before yes you're the, giving me nothing yes you're dry. Um so
1: one of the <laughs> tweets that he linked to in his last in the last post that he that he made is to a, a Twitter account called three days and three nights. And uh, this Twitter... This this was the fourth post? This is the fourth post. There was just two links. This Twitter account references um, QDrop3,570 that uh, contained the phrase in the kill box 93DK. So people have said that this stands for 93 Days Dark. Yep. Now, let's (laughs) get (laughs) into... It's a D and a
2: K that's not even... Donkey nope, Kong. So, no, days no, Kark? No. Yeah.
1: Let's let's actually analyze this because yeah. this this kind of Donk, this kind of this kind of <laughs> it broke the immersion for me. Uh, oh, to be fuck. to be honest. I was I was yeah. in and now this you is you had some screen tearing? Because they what they say so the last Q post was August 1st, mm-hmm. and they're saying that Q knew that he was going to be down for 93 days exactly but it only works if you count it from when Q stopped posting. So they're taking the 93 days from not the day that he left and the day that he came back, but the day that he left and then two days after he came back and that was the last post so far. So that's 93 and that works. I've got problems with this. It doesn't really track. Also, I have another problem. Oh, God. I have another problem. This entire thing was dependent
2: on Jake's head is actually like fallen back and it, like it's opened <laughs> at the neck and there's like a voice coming out from a neck hole
1: there this tire thing was dependent on um Jim Watkins getting 8chan eight, eight back online yeah right and he was trying to get it on earlier remember he said it was going to come on on the 17th and then it didn't and then it was supposed to come on on the 18th and then it didn't yep so why is Q quoting a tweet showing that Q knew exactly how many days it would take to come back when the whole thing was dependent on there's no way he could have known that because Watkins was absolutely trying to get it back up earlier and you know, a lot of Frederick's efforts, uh, you know, kept right. it from being back on. So what this does, at least to me, this moves into more biblical territory. This is not like, oh, yeah. I I knew that arrests were coming, or I knew that you know this information was coming out. This is like I knew exactly the day that everything would fall into order and 8chan would be put back online. This is getting into this biblical forty days and forty nights shit. You know what I mean? As opposed to like yeah. uh, intel that you're can be like, okay, like, yeah, I guess you could say that this news report that came out now is similar to this post from three months ago or something like that. You know what I mean? I think you might be like fingers deep in a turd attempting to read
2: it as literature. I, right. I, yeah, I, I mean, you know, you're, yeah. I mean, you know, I understand. <laughs> you're disappointed in your
3: God. I'm just saying that's and not a great proof. Q, I'm saying it's no. not a great proof. Of course, even then, as opposed course, to the other great proof, it, it would rely on Q knowing that uh, the El Paso shoot, shooting was going to happen and then knowing that Cloudflare would drop them and then knowing the day that uh, that uh, uh, Ron Watkins would get the site back up. And, and that, he did. End of story. Then- <laughs> so se- second link is well, there- you have. I mean, there you have it. That's, <laughs> the, that's the argument.
1: Thank you it's, very much. It, it doesn't matter because he did, and it's, and real, it's real. and He and did. You can shut up. And he's true, Amazing. and he's good man, good yeah, Christian man. The more you fight him,
2: the more he's powerful.
1: <laughs> okay, so Jake, what's the second link? Okay, the second link is to an account that has blocked me. <laughs> so this this guy, we didn't, didn't even, know even know him. Know him. Didn't we didn't know, know him, but was. he
2: blocked every single one of us. But I can I can bring up the post because my my wife, who shall remain unnamed. Um, has given me a little uh, screen grab. Okay, so he said, this guy's called Wyatt at Say When LA. Veteran mob prosecutor John Durham was not appointed by A.G. Barr. Durham served as interim U.S. attorney since October 28, 2017, after Sessions appointed him. Coincidentally, the same day Q began posting, President Trump nominated Durham as a U.S. attorney on November 1st, 2017. Fuck me, it's happening. so what is he trying to say here travis help me help me please sir um please daddy
3: right so i think he was trying to say october 28th 2017 is obviously about like okay he appointed uh this u.s attorney the same day as the q drop that's code that they're they're, that q and durham are aligned and the november 1st 2017 reference is a future proves past thing or whatever they and so they're saying like okay and then two years to the day almost uh, that uh, that uh, mm-hmm. uh, H Chan comes back online from when uh, when Durham was nominated yeah that that means that he's down with Q two it's just it's just they're just lining up things and saying that is meaningful when of course uh, this is all random data that they're imposing meaning upon
2: okay you think that but someone no, no. called Murky Rivers says Q sent me sunglasses emoji boy does it feel good to say that again. Smiley face. So what do you have to say to this, uh, Patriot? (laughs) I say say your family misses you. (laughs) Uh, Chris Hawkins says, Jesus is Lord. Focus on not just Q, but they sure do help. Warriors help us focus. And and then here Pamela says, on, I get it now. Had no idea he helped take down, down, down the mob. The silent but deadly prosecutor. Hey Q, missed you. Jesus. Sad. (laughs) These people... (laughs) <laughs> These people are amazing. I'm so glad he's back. You guys are fucking <laughs> cynics <you>. and bitches, <laughs> and you don't fucking realize what this podcast owes, the beautiful mind no, behind see, Q and all these beautiful people out there.
1: You've actually got it wrong. See, we're even deeper red pilled. You're happy that he's back because you're happy for all the content. You're happy for yeah. the people going, oh, daddy, daddy, Q, welcome back. <laughs> all that stuff. That's why you're excited. <laughs> well, Travis, and, and, Travis and I, I are know. waiting. We are waiting for the storm and, and these posts did I not signify any sort of storm happenings. No sort of winds picking up. Uh, no no sort of... There's uh, not even really something
3: re- really meaty to yeah, decode. The, no, you no, know, it's just no uh, cold front moving yeah. in. No no no.
1: It's just nothing. It's just it's just like Back after thirty I days, like, fl- oh flagging really. a win. What I'm
3: saying is that I like Q's earlier work and um, just yeah, not not right. impressed with his latest output. You know, yeah. just true headstone. No. He
1: fe- yeah, he feels like he's phoning it in a little bit. You know what I mean? <laughs> I hate I, you both I want, so much. I, I really, <laughs> I'm going to
3: literally kill you.
1: <laughs> I want, I want, I want <laughs> something, yeah, both. a little bit more substantial. That's that's yeah. I was yeah. What even are we doing? <laughs> what is this podcast? <laughs> I don't understand
2: mind. <laughs> i don't mind. even know
1: i don't even it know it doesn't
2: mean anything how are we
1: i don't even know <sighs> i feel you know what I've, i feel like uh um i feel like a sandwich with nothing inside of it <laughs> just <laughs> just just two pieces of bread with, with, with a thin layer of air in between it oh, that's but, what i feel like yeah. empty Empty, unfulfilling, tasteless. And I want to fuck it.
3: (laughs) Julian, Uh, so you have a second news item for us. from uh, Oh, uh, I uh, indeed do. It's my first uh, spot. I've been allowed by the boss
2: to do some QAnon news this week. Wow. (laughs) Australian Prime Minister's QAnon influencer friend claims to have influenced a speech of his. Uh, New development in the scandal known as MateGate. MateGate which links Australian PM Scott Morrison to Tim Stewart, a QAnon influencer who goes by BurntSpy34 on Twitter. Now, in October of 2018, Morrison addressed Parliament to deliver a formal apology to the survivors of institutional child abuse, which is a very serious thing, but he used words that had not been mentioned in any of the related findings. Ritual sexual abuse. Now, Aussie media outlet Crikey has found evidence that, which come on australia <laughs> come on guys give me a fucking break you know at least go for something like the sun or the telegraph like you're gonna just nah, call it by the thing we
1: we make fun of you with this shit Nah, yeah, it's but it's you know yeah it's cruggy. okay yeah so groggy time aussie
2: media outlet crikey has found evidence that stewart asked his wife to text the prime minister about the importance of including the word ritual in his speech A conspiracy theorist and QAnon guy going by Eliyahi Priest leaked encrypted signal messages between him and Stuart, Burn spy, as well as posting a statutory declaration, which he had, like, fucking stamped by the government and everything, detailing their relationship. Now, Priest claims that he acted as a funnel for passing QAnon beliefs to Stuart, who in turn used his wife to get the information to the PM. Now, the question is, was it successful? And the morning of the speech, Stuart sent Priest a message saying, quote, Good morning, mate. I think Scott is going to do it. After the speech, Stuart and his son Jesse celebrated on Twitter, the latter even specifically using the hashtag ritual abuse alongside the usual hashtag where we go on, we go all. That's
3: fucked. <laughs> yeah.
2: I mean. Yeah. I mean.
0: Yeah.
2: I mean. Yeah. I mean,
3: yeah, I mean the, um, this basically means that uh, the Australian Prime Minister actually has closer direct ties to QAnon than President Trump does. Now, I
2: have a source close to the matter. I can't reveal anything more than that, but that a very credible source that has revealed that it is entirely more than likely, highly probable that this did in fact occur, and that uh, Morrison. Uh, is not only, like, down with all this stuff, but has actually reviewed Burnspy's account and agrees with it and is fine with it. Oh, fuck. I wonder if he's,
3: like, reading to the Q-drops, too. Yeah. Fully red-pilled prime minister.
2: Wow, what does it mean? Um, It means a lot. Here's the crikey article.
1: Priest points to more than 50 mentions of Scott in text messages with Stuart. He's assigned a statutory declaration which claims Stewart told him he had passed on several letters to Morrison via Stewart's wife. Stewart is on the record telling priest of a massive connection with Scott tonight. We are moving fast, he texted. Scott is awakening. It's just great. It's <laughs> just great to hear that about a prime minister. He is awakening slowly, moving out of his his uh, membraney cocoon and yeah. turning into a beautiful moth. All right, the article <laughs> continues. In one exchange, Priest points out a reference uh, in the Victorian schools curriculum that 13-year-olds will be taught about anal intercourse. I am in shock, Stuart responds. This is going straight to Scott. Fuck me. <laughs> I love to sending
2: I love to send my buddy uh 13-year-old school curriculums about anal sex. I'm just like, "Hey, I've been like really reading the hell out of school curriculums today." Um I, I just, you just know, this what? absolute Christian panic that yeah. anybody would be taught about something like that which
1: by the way, like I had to learn about that shit. Yeah, I,
2: everyone learns about that. Shut the fuck up! Like that doesn't make you a freak. I became a freak because of other stuff in my life.
1: Yeah, I had a teacher. <laughs> I had a, in in my school we, uh, back in the day. Uh, we the gym teacher would also do sex ed, and so the guy who was you know doing like volleyball and field hockey uh, would then uh, teach you about sex ed. And my gym teacher, who was uh, 80% deaf in one ear and 60% deaf in the other ear, ear, got up in front of the class and he went, well, now we're going to be doing sex ed. I'm going to read a bunch of words off a list. Get your giggles out now. And yeah. I swear to God, this like 60-year-old man pulled out a piece of paper and he just started going, penis, <laughs> vagina, yeah, anal sex, <laughs> yeah oral sex jake's specific asshole can you <laughs> can you imagine what the reaction was oh uh, yeah pandemonium of course, <laughs> <Of course. laughs> delight and, yeah delight it's hilarious I mean, it's, it's hilarious day. no kid walked out of that class going like oh i'm gonna experiment with anal sex tonight they went out of that class laughing because you know uh, mr gustafson just said fucking penis in front you, of the you know entire what, class you, you know what this reminds me <laughs> of actually i
2: went to i went to uh like middle and high school with this kid who had like really really religious parents he was in American, And he was so scared of, like, seeming gay, I guess, mm-hmm. that he basically <laughs> said that he, like, didn't wash his asshole. Like... And we're like, what do you, what do you mean? He's like, yeah, dude, I don't even like, I don't, just don't like, he just doesn't. And that. I don't that, even want to touch butt. That, that's like the idea. <laughs> I don't idea, even touch my own butt. The idea butt. that you can deny that your asshole exists is just like, that's that's the level <laughs> that this is on, you know? No, 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 my asshole is fictional, it's, you know? And it, you sickos who keep talking about that shit
1: need to stop it, because that's satanic. This is what I do. I walk into the bathroom, I walk into the bathroom, yeah. I click my heels together three mm. times, and a, and a poo appears in the bowl, I flush it down, I leave. <laughs> that's that's, that's it. it. That's what he would that's, that's what he would it. say. No wiping, no nothing. <laughs> yeah. I walk into the bathroom, I turn around 3 times, a turd appears in the bowl, I flush it. That's it. Listen. Sometimes I don't even touch the flusher. It flushes itself. Sometimes
2: when I'm left alone at home, I like to squat over a mirror and just yell at it. Okay? <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm furious. The article continues detailing Priest's claims. On several occasions, Mr. Stewart made reference to me on Signal to passing information to Prime Minister Morrison and also attempting to influence the Prime Minister politically, especially in relationship to the information he had learned from the mystery 8chan poster Q, whom is at the center of a QAnon conspiracy cult. Oh, this
2: is so fun. Yeah,
1: <laughs> But Priest and Stewart fell out, partly due to Stewart's, quote, continuing support of
2: QAnon on 8chan. So... I'm not sure what happened. Priest doesn't really like, I guess, QAnon anymore. He used to be definitely 100% red-pilled. It was an internal feud between two conspiracy theorists who had conspired originally to influence Scott Morrison, the PM, a plan that was complicated by the Guardian article detailing the PM's links to burn Spy. Uh, Priest statutory declaration if false is punishable by four years in prison mm. So it seems that he's quite serious about his claims and was rubbed the wrong way by the Guardian article I mean he did not have to do the statutory declaration nobody he went online and was like I'm gonna sign the thing that, that is like Would bind me to four years in prison if it's false to say that this happened and to leak those signal uh, stuff. That's those signal uh, conversations.
1: Damn. So, I mean, he must really believe that, you know, he's got a legal leg to stand on.
2: Oh, yeah. But my source tells me uh, that absolutely Morrison's on board with this shit. And Morrison's just basically, it sounds like off his fucking rocker, just out there, red pilled, like up the whizzle. How
1: long has he been in power? Uh, he became prime minister in August of 2018. Okay, okay, so, so it's been a year. So okay, so he's been in power a year, and yeah. and their prime minister—that's kind of like the president. Like, is that their top top guy? That's the president. Yeah. Oh shit. Okay, so their yeah. their top 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 guy is yeah. more into QAnon than say maybe yeah. Donald Trump is. And
3: the funniest shit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yes, I, I actually it, would. I would believe that. Say I yes. Like, if, if you think I feel like people like aides around Trump are trying to keep him away from QAnon? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like it, Trump doesn't go up and talk
2: that much about child trafficking and ritual abuse. He definitely no, has no. never said
3: ritual no, abuse. he's never said that. I no. mean, I'm going to definitely keep an eye out for that now. But Sure. Uh- but uh, I mean but, I believe in Trump
2: you know he can do it yeah, but I sure. think he just doesn't give enough of a shit <laughs> right this guy's way more of an evangelical like satanic panic guy yes. Trump doesn't care yeah he doesn't yeah. give a shit he's not even fucking Christian he's just he's full of shit yeah, yeah. he's just he's a casino magnet sex pervert degenerate yeah
1: I, I feel like Trump's probably peripherally aware of Q but just in a minute of like ah, oh, the, do they like it do they make yeah. it, does it does it make them like me more it does <laughs> oh, okay great all right fine yeah,
2: whatever. <laughs> whatever figure either out what to do with them either way this is all great and uh Things are fine
0: The case of the
3: finders In the 1980s The uh, case of the sort of weird cult-like group Known as the finders Became a national news item After a, two arrests So that's a, that's a good place to start With that incident So uh, on the morning of Wednesday, February 4th, 1987, the Tallahassee Police Department in Florida received a tip that two men were at a local park with six kids and a blue van. So Tallahassee police arrive and question the two men who are both very well dressed. They're they're wearing a suit and tie. Their names are Douglas E. uh, Ammerman, 27, and Michael Houlihan, 28. And they're both residents of Washington, D.C., But the children, whose ages range between two and seven, looked very dirty. They were covered in insect bites, uh, apparently hadn't bathed in several days, and most of them weren't wearing underwear. Uh, Documents later revealed that the children's names were Honeybee, John, Franklin, B.B., Max, and Mary. Uh, when the van is searched, police discover 20 floppy computer disks and, quote, a device that could be used to hook into a computer in another location by telephone. It's <laughs> just, not
1: floppies. It's yeah. always, no! uh, It's it, got it, two copies of Leisure Suit Larry, Day of the Tentacle.
2: It's always <laughs> very, uh, very disappointing when they do uh, like a, a kind of live action version of something, you know, but this is clearly
3: Scooby Doo. <laughs> So uh, the two men say that they're taking the, uh, the kids to a school for brilliant children in Mexico. Ah. Mm. It's actually the exact words they used was smart children. <laughs> <laughs> the men also say that the children are being weaned from their mothers, which is a you know, weird thing to tell the cops, I guess.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: So the cops aren't impressed by the story. And so they arrest the men uh, for misdemeanor child abuse. So uh, one day after the arrest, the uh, Tallahassee Police Department contacted U.S. Customs and the Washington Metropolitan Police Department to assist in determining uh, both the uh, adult abusers identities, alleged abusers, and uh, the children's identities. Uh, This led authorities to a far-reaching investigation that included a group of people known as the Finders. So this was a group of about 40 people who are led by a man named Marion Petty. They have a sort of a communal living alternative lifestyle kind of situation within the basically cult. uh, and Petty was known as the game caller. The investigation included their various homes, including a uh, apartment building in uh, Glover Park, a northeast Washington warehouse and a 90 acre farm in rural Madison County, Virginia. Uh, A Washington Post article from the time explains what was allegedly retrieved from that Washington warehouse. D.C. police, who searched a northeast Washington warehouse
1: linked to the group, removed large plastic bags filled with color slides, photographs, and photographic contact sheets. Some photos visible through a bag carried from the warehouse were wallet-sized pictures of children similar to school photos, and some were of naked children. D.C. police sources said some of the items seized yesterday showed pictures of children engaged in what appeared to be cult rituals. Officials of the U.S. Customs Service called in to aid the investigation, said that the material seized yesterday includes photos showing children involved in bloodletting ceremonies of animals and one photograph of a child in chains. Customs officials said they were looking into whether a child pornography operation was being
3: conducted. So uh, a confidential anonymous police source had previously told authorities that the finders were a cult that conducted brainwashing techniques at the warehouse. Uh, The source also claimed that the finders tried to recruit this this individual with promises of financial reward and sexual gratification. Uh, The source also claimed that one of the finders members invited this person to explore Satanism with them. Now, it's important to put these sorts of things in context in the 80s. This was sort of the the height of the uh, nationwide Satanic panic where everyone sort of believed baselessly that there was just satanic cults in every town snagging children and sacrificing animals. Yeah. And it was just it was just part of the environment and it was kind of hyped up by the tabloid media. It's also important to note that this source
2: if you look at the documents leaked by the FBI came to the police first saying this this place is a cult there's like brainwashing stuff happening. They told her, "Well, unless there's something illegal, we can't really do anything." Right. And then she came back a second time at which point suddenly it was about Satanism. Mm, so and uh, yeah, so It needed to add a little yeah. bit of
3: spice to the story, apparently.
2: Mm-mm. Yeah, and also that's when they brought in the uh, child abuse stuff, mm-hmm. which was not mentioned the first time they approached. So I it was see. like, please look into this cult. Nah, there's nothing illegal. Come back a second time and you've got a, a nicer story.
1: Yeah, so she clearly went back.
3: She did a second draft. Yeah. Came back. That's right, Jake. Yeah, <laughs> Got it. So uh, the U.S. Customs Service Agency joined the investigation due to the suspicion that, uh, that uh, potential crimes may have crossed state or national borders. And this is where things get kind of weird. So uh, the customs special agent who investigated the finders was a man named Ramon J. Martinez. And uh, on February 7th, 1987, Agent Martinez wrote a memo on what he claims he saw. And here's what it says.
1: Cursory examination of the documents revealed detailed instructions for obtaining children for unspecified purposes. The instructions included the impregnation of female members of the community known as the Finders, purchasing children, trading, and kidnapping. There were telex messages using MCI account numbers between a computer terminal believed to be located in the same room and others located across the country and in foreign locations. One such telex specifically ordered the purchase of two children in Hong Kong to be arranged through a contact to the Chinese embassy there. Another telex expressed the interest in bank secrecy situations. Other documents identified interests in high-tech transfers to the United Kingdom, uh, numerous properties under the control of the finders, a keen interest in terrorism, explosives, and the evasion of law enforcement.
3: So obviously all that sounds really, really horrifying, but uh, we're going to Put it in context uh, in the moment here because he it, basically was not really able to substantiate some of the claims he's making in this memo.
2: No, the FBI later followed up and he was unable to produce any of those things about the uh, the children being transferred. Um, we'll also take a look a little later uh, at the practice of the finders, uh, you know, of like kind of living communally. And so they they did set up a, a set of rules for basically child rearing as a group because it was a kibbutz style situation. But mm-hmm. yes, it's why seems did you,
1: why did you use kibbutz? Why not a ashram or something like that?
2: I don't know if ashrams do the same thing of raising children as a group. Do kibbutzes? Yeah. As far as I know, am I wrong? Well, I don't know.
3: You don't know nothing about being Jewish. Come on, man. <laughs> You're the worst. <laughs> okay. The report from Martinez also describes a photo album that he says he reviewed. Uh, The album contained
1: a series of photos of adults and children dressed in white sheets uh, participating in a, quote, blood ritual. Uh, The ritual centered around the execution of at least two goats. Uh, The photos portrayed the execution, disembowelment, skinning, and dismemberment of the goats at the hands of the children. This included the removal of the testes of a male goat, the discovery of a female goat's womb, and the baby goats inside the womb. And the presentation of the goat's head uh, to one of the children. I
2: love this because calling this an execution of two goats, these fuckers are all eating steaks every fucking night, and they would never call what happens in an abattoir, even though it's way more fucked up than actually slaughtering the animal yourself, the execution of thousands of cows. Yeah. They just, it's just like, whatever, man. Executing a goat. Yeah. What, like back of the head? Like mob style executing a goat? Two in the back of the head and then put them in a duffel bag. (laughs) You
3: fucking stool pigeon. Yeah, <laughs> what he's actually describing is, uh, uh, yes, the, the slaughtering of a goat on a farm, which is what happens to animals on farms. So,
1: yeah, we, I can't believe yeah. you guys. You're covering for this satanic sacrifice. <laughs> this is we're we're going to
2: go into what they call yeah. goat gate in yeah. my section. So don't worry about it.
3: So uh, a few months later, in April of 1987, Special Agent Martinez uh, wrote a report based on what he was told from an unnamed third party. Uh, The individual advised me of the circumstances which indicated that the
1: investigation into the activity of the finders had become a CIA internal matter. The Metro report has been classified secret and was not available for review. I was advised that the FBI had withdrawn from the investigation several weeks prior and that the FBI Foreign Counterintelligence Division had directed MPD not to advise the FBI Washington field office of anything that had transpired. No further information will be available. No further action will be taken.
2: Okay, so here we have the actual document that was leaked uh, by the government of the District of Columbia, the Metropolitan Police Department. And here is the summary uh, that that they wrote out. It is the writer's belief that the Finder's organization is and has been utilized by the Central Intelligence Agency as a disinformation service spreading non-essential, non-critical information to various organizations throughout the United States and overseas. This group, uh, to the most part, is made up of overeducated non-achievers who lack the inborn initiative to succeed on their own. He keeps misspelling there, by the way, uh, which is really funny in that sentence. (laughs) Therefore, they fell in with a charismatic leader who gave them direction and self-importance. To the most part, this organization individually is harmless... However, when directed and monitored by a controlling factor, they are capable of destructive and illegal activities. As in any cult structure, the main drive is for the group and individual values, and ideology is lost. Therefore, when a member is asked to perform a task that heretofore may have been objectionable, he or she may perform this mission for the good of the group. As to the abuse of the children, I do not think that child abuse was a planned tactic of this group, as is... In any cross-section of society, sick and demented subjects belong to a cult as well. I do believe that the shaping of the children is a planned experiment of this group, as in the case of the Nazis. They strove for a perfect society, thereby in their own way tried to form a group of children and ultimately adults that did not suffer from the ills of normal society, but took only the benefits that afforded them perfection. Lastly, I do not feel that the finders have disbanded as reported by their leader. B, instead, as reported in their master plan, have appeared to disband to prevent further detection by law enforcement or social service officials. I firmly believe that this group should be monitored in, in a general sense, and if further developments occur, they should be noted. So that is the basis for this other guy, Martinez, to claim that they're CIA assets. Gotcha. Unclear. There yeah. are several CIA links, but they are incredibly tenuous. Yeah. The finders worked uh, briefly as computer specialists for an agency that was in turn had a contract with the CIA on something like very broad. Um, and that's about it. Honestly,
3: there was also uh, there was also uh, reported that uh, the son of Marion Petty worked for uh, Air America, which was a uh, basically a airline that was run by the CIA. But but that's I mean whether or not he was aware of that was a cia operation or what involvement he was and what that means for the finders again it's, it's really really thin thin link
2: yeah and there's another uh as part of the the documents that i was reading earlier it's also apparent that basically they went and spoke with the cia and they asked them are we stepping on your toes and the cia very literally they're quoted as saying Sort of <laughs> like so it's like, yeah, kind of. And but they they say we're on it since it hit the news. So the CIA got interested in the finders and the idea that they that they were involved in the CIA. It was just a reference to the CIA researching the finders sort of once the news had hit,
1: probably sort of because the FBI was already on it. Right, and also because there were pictures of, like, children killing goats. Like, they probably just, at that point, they were like, well, oh, we got to check it out. Anytime we see a kid holding separated goat testes, sure. you know, in their hands, and, they're, and the kid's naked, and one of the kids is holding the head of the goat, well, we'll check it out just to make sure, you know.
2: It does seem that the FBI basically went and took a look at some of these evidence claims later, the ones about, like, those pictures and all of that stuff. And other than this very specific photo album, which we'll get into surrounding the goat, there was absolutely no sign of anything satanic, any ritual abuse, any trading of children, sending of children. None of that was substantiated. Those documents were not there. And you could claim, oh, because they were covering up for the CIA. But then why would they claim the CIA was linked to the finders? They're both calling out the CIA and covering up for them? Doesn't make any sense.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So really all you're saying has happened here was kids living on a hippie farm and they they live off the land and they were part of no
2: more stuff happened and it is a weird ass cult we'll be getting into it but oh goody
1: (laughs) goody i was afraid that i was afraid (laughs) that this was gonna end like a just a regular scooby-doo episode where they take the the mask off and they go oh it's just you uh weird hippie commune on a farm yeah no
2: there's (laughs) there's definitely more to it it's pretty funny and weird and i mean it's not the best to take pictures of children sacrificing goats. Right? Yeah, especially was, when you're wearing a robe or two. <laughs> what's a robe or two? What's a friends? robe?
1: What's a robe or two?
2: <laughs> what's a blood-splattered robe or two amongst friends? Yeah, when friends?
1: you when, when you get a robe involved, everything changes. I know this from my personal life. Life before my my bathrobe totally yeah. different. Life after it much drier. M- much drier and yeah. and more satanic.
3: Yeah. So the whole finders incident fell out of headlines after the charges were dropped against the two men who were spotted with those six children. The Washington Metropolitan Police Department held a press conference to say it had found no evidence of wrongdoing or satanic activity by the finders. Health officials in Florida then said that they had found no evidence of sexual abuse. Uh, And the FBI said that it did not uncover any evidence of federal violations. Uh, They also said that there was no evidence of kidnapping or using the children for uh, pornographic purposes. So and here's the bit that like never gets mentioned on conspiracy theory websites about the finders. The mothers of the children were in fact part of the finders commune and the mothers were aware that the two men had taken the children on what they called a vacation camping trip. So according to a a 1987 Chicago Tribune report entitled FBI Dropping Investigation of Washington Commune, the five mothers of the children were in San Francisco when the children were taken into custody. In fact, uh, the names of the mothers were released, and I have them here. They were uh, Judith Evans, Carolyn Sayed, uh, Kristen Knuth, uh, Patricia Livingston, and Paula Arricchio. And uh, Paula was the mother who had two children from the group. Uh, An attorney representing the mother, Schlater, said, quote, all of these people are caretakers of the children. It's a co-parenting arrangement.
2: Yeah, but what freak called them BB and honeybee? Well, you know, again,
3: (laughs) weirdo hippie commune. Uh, so after the children were taken into custody in Florida, the mothers had attempted to call the Tallahassee police, but as a result of the media coverage, apparently hundreds of women had called the police department claiming to be the mother. So they were initially ignored. Um, so eventually,
2: yeah, because people freaked out because it was the news and it was the satanic panic.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So what was initially treated as a case of child sex trafficking by a satanic cult turned into a basic child custody case. Uh, Eventually, the mothers won back custody of their children from the state of Florida. And that was basically that for for the for at least for them.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm going to go ahead and say that uh, children entrusted to the state of Florida are probably in a way worse shape than (laughs) being driven around by two guys in a van.
3: Uh, in the early 90s, actually, interest in the case was revived because of a citizen researcher named Skip Clemens. Definitely sounds like a citizen
1: researcher.
2: Yeah. Dude, I looked into this guy and he later got into like a huge litigation around citrus. Really? Like, yeah, he was the owner of like a citrus thing. Unless there's literally a guy with the exact same name from the same tiny town. Interesting. But uh, yeah. it's What do you
1: mean? Like citrus in
2: general? No, like he owned a citrus company and he got like defrauded by a bunch of people who had invested and they basically from one day to the next, they were like, Your company's worth nothing and he lost it all. <laughs> he was pissed <laughs> as fuck and then he was like vindicated later and it's the whole thing.
3: Oh boy. So he claimed that the finders were really a front for CIA agents. Um uh, Allegations of a government cover up were also referenced in the, the document in a, in a document from the recent uh, FBI class uh, about the finders. Here's what one
0: release memo said redacted. Has alleged that the finders are involved in a well-organized child abuse scheme, and that redacted in conjunction with the State Department and the FBI's Foreign Counterintelligence Section conspired to cover up those abuses. Uh, Skip
3: Clements even convinced at least two members of Congress to look into it and sparked a uh, Justice Department investigation. This was wow. in the '90s, by the way. This wow. was like way
2: later. They like yeah. they the FBI was like, oh god, oh. <laughs> they're like fuck. <laughs> the we have to look been. into
3: this again. Oh. So uh, a report from the Metropolitan Police Department references a possible link between the CIA and the finders, but doesn't offer much clarity. Here's what that memo says.
1: The FBI had contact with the finders since 1971, including a recent report dealing with CIA involvement with uh, at least one of the members of the finders passing information overseas concerning the activities of the Central Intelligence Agency. Uh, When it became apparent that no federal laws were violated, the FBI vacated the investigation.
3: So they they allege that they were sending information overseas about the CIA. We'll look a little bit into
2: the kind of games that the finders played and and uh, and yeah, like intelligence gathering and and passing between the members would be par for the course for for what they
3: did, but we'll see why. So so yeah, we, we talked briefly about the sort of the tenuous connections, but sort of allegations of like direct CIA involvement into the finders were never really substantiated. No, they fizzled out yeah. in general. So the only source that really describes just really crazy shit in relation to the finders is the Martinez memo. And like you mentioned, when he when people came back to try and substantiate the, the telex documents about, they just couldn't he couldn't He, bring he couldn't it up.
2: provide any of the photos. Like the, the, the police department couldn't provide the photos, which I, my suspicion is that they got information they leaked it like some idiot cop like leaked it to the media and they kind of like w- worked that uh, in a loop in fact when they claimed like oh through a transparent bag we could see photos my suspicion is that the cop was like okay this is uh, what i saw and then the guy's like well fuck how am i gonna say that i got this other than like from a police source and he's like well just say, maybe say like you saw it through a bag because like honestly that stuff was not yeah. not found again, nor were any of, yeah, the documents proving the kidnapping of children and all this shit.
3: So uh, I tried to figure out who this uh, Ramon Martinez guy was, and uh, there wasn't a lot of information about him, but I was able to find that he apparently was a close associate of the prominent militia activist and shortwave radio broadcaster, Mark Korenke, who is better known as Mark from Michigan. Uh, Mark Korenke is most famous For popularizing the black helicopters Conspiracy theory Um, So here's what a 2001 Time Article says Korenke did manage to attract a few
1: friends One of these was Ramon Martinez Then an upperclassman and now With the U.S. Customs Service in Washington The majority opinion was that He was nuts to have around, Martinez says Now, but I saw it differently I saw a guy with his own way of doing things Hell yeah, dude Citizen researcher. <laughs> his own way of doing things. Gonna make a few keystrokes on a keyboard. Find some uh, websites.
2: Uh, Jake did manage to attract a few friends. One of these was Julian Field, then an <laughs> upperclassman <laughs> at the Non Anonymous podcast. Quote, the majority opinion was that he was nuts to have around, Julian says
1: now. But I
2: saw it differently. I saw a guy with his own way of doing
1: things. That's right. Um, I I <laughs> a, 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 a go against the grain, baby. <laughs>
3: In uh, 1977, Martinez says that he was uh, the godfather to Kerenke's, uh newborn daughter. So, you know, Martinez, he seems like he was super tight with these uh, conspiratorial kooks, which yeah. may have sort of influenced uh, what he saw and you know, well, how he viewed things.
2: Yeah. And if you look at like police cases, they always try to fucking railroad whoever they got because they want to justify that they went and got these right, guys, especially right. when the press starts to get involved. It's like, fuck, we have to prove that there was a reason we did this. Yeah, exactly. And so then suddenly you're leaking stuff to the press and suddenly there's allegations and you'll see later the finders did not help because they made a fucking huge mess on purpose.
0: Meet the Finders.
2: In the late 60s during a period where many Americans were experimenting with alternative lifestyles and communal living a retired air force master sergeant called Marion Petty started an organization called Finders. Petty, who had dropped out of school
1: after ninth grade, believed that direct experience was the ultimate education tool. In his words, I consider my whole life an education, and that's all I do is work on my education. I dropped out of school because it was interfering with my education.
2: During his time as an army sergeant in pre-World War II Washington, D.C., Petty claims to have rented two apartments and instilled a sort of Open-door policy to encourage the free discussion of philosophy, psychology, and human development. Marion would learn from those visiting
1: him in a structure he would later reference as Topsit Turvy University. In his words, the idea in my head was that the people coming in were going to teach me something about power, money, or sex. By the late 60s, this ship of fools,
2: as he also called it, had firmed up into a community centering, of course,
1: around Marion Petty and his theory that about 500 years ago, it was very common for ships to take persons that are nowadays called neurotics or psychotics and keep them moving. And they found that it was very therapeutic. Uh, That's one of the ideas that I had there, that people, if you kept them moving, they were better off. This manifested
2: as a series of investigative assignments. Marion would send people out into the world to find out about certain specific things and report back to him. He would later explain to
1: a journalist that, My goal is to know everything and say nothing. I run a private intelligence game and I send people out undercover to find out various things. I've been investigating the CIA before it was the CIA when it was the OSS. But these fact-finding missions were hardly just that. They often involved elaborate lifestyle
2: experiments, false identities, disinformation campaigns, and pranks.
3: A Washington Post article from 1987 explained that Sometimes they approached businesses, from a major Washington law firm to a leftist think tank, and offered their expertise in computer programming and other services, sources said. Other times the group went through the motions of setting up a business, sometimes printing up phony business cards. Some members used up to 20 aliases, ex-associates said.
2: This was rooted in Petty's theory of game-calling, which relied on a larger communal structure to support the ever-morphing game. Here's from a Washington City paper article from 1996.
3: At their peak in the 80s, the Finders boasted nearly three dozen people in their experimental community. Based in various domiciles around Washington and headquartered in the converted warehouse off Florida Avenue, they played an elaborate game run by Petty the Game Caller, traveling the globe as freelance journalists, computer consultants, and information gatherers. They pooled their finances and shared property. Women assumed positions of power in the group, whose goal was to form an extended family based on mutual trust rather than blood relations, to learn and earn and raise free children.
2: Many joined the founders because they had grown alienated and bored with the daily grind and were (laughs) seeking something new, whether self-realization or just a more exciting day-to-day. Robert Terrell, a member who went by Toby, explained that Marion Petty was my
1: entertainer. He provides me with a model of somebody who is never satisfied with the status quo, and he inspires me upward. And he keeps me laughing as I go. It's so funny you use that voice because he does have like a little curled up mustache and like they all dressed. Yes, my free free range children. I stack them in an egg carton and they're free.
2: (laughs) (laughs) The same guy years after he had left the finders would attempt to explain games to a
1: reporter. Petty used the term pressure cooker. The idea was to explore your own person and discover your own true nature. You can't do that just sitting at a desk or on a couch in a routine way. You have to have some experiences. So Petty was good at structuring experiences from which you could learn. He called himself the Game Caller. And what that meant was that he'd call a game for you to do something where you would gain experience. So like an RPG, you you, you level up. Yeah, an ARG.
2: He was. He was organizing like a global kind of fact-finding ARG. The same Washington City paper article elaborated,
3: For Terrell, game-playing ranged from working a temp accounting job in a downtown D.C. law firm to catching a flight to Japan on two hours' notice to gather information on Japanese companies to report back to Petty. It was a subculture built on whimsy and intrigue, undergirded by a sense of tribal affiliation. As far as
2: communes went, the finders seemed to have been quite bourgeois and organized. They were not into weird music or drugs, and emphasized the value of studying and staying busy, even when it was in the service of their particular mix of live-action role-playing and amateur spycraft. The Finders would, of course, eventually be accused of being a front for real intelligence, but Wendell Minnick, author of Spies and Provocateurs, an encyclopedia of espionage and covert action, had a slightly different take after researching them for two years.
1: The Finders would love you to think they're a CIA front, but I would say... They're really nothing. You're going to hear a lot of bullshit on the finders because they lie. These are dysfunctional adults, but they're all working their asses off. They're constantly working on some project. If you have a cult, the best way to control people is to keep them busy, to keep their minds occupied. If you have people standing around doing nothing, then they start thinking. The early 80s were a period of transition for the group due to the death of member Barbara
2: Sylvester, a close friend of Petty who passed due to an untreated appendicitis, which is kind of irresponsible of them. According to former finders who spoke to the Washington Post, the group became, quote, increasingly secretive, hostile, and arrogant towards non-members. Members stopped seeing relatives and friends who were not in the group. Former associates found themselves shunned or treated brusquely. In this more cloistered environment, children were raised by the group instead of solely by their biological parents. What exactly that meant remains controversial. Petty originally claimed that he believed children should be raised like Indians on the plains, strong and tough. Which kind of explains why they were like half nude and just wandering around and being dirty a lot of the time. I like to
1: smear them with mud and rub their bodies with corn cobs. (laughs) What? Yeah,
2: the original corn cobbing. At the time, the finders lived in two locations, a group of farms in Virginia and two side-by-side apartments in Washington. There was also a warehouse in Washington that they sometimes kind of hung out at, but no one really seemed to live there. Hmm. Neighbors told the Washington Post that the latter was inhabited only by women and children, although men did visit frequently. The gender dynamics in The Finders is another point of contention. Petty believed women should be the ones to initiate sex, not men, but also seemed to build a power structure within the cult that leaned male. Whatever the case, the neighbors were no fans of the lifestyle, believing the children to be dirty and strange. One neighbor referred to the group as leftover hippies. Unfortunately, it seems like raising the children was an undesirable role to play within the Finders. Many ex-members, although denying that there had been any serious abuse, did admit that the children were often neglected and that taking care of them was considered a chore by some in the group. It seems like the Finders' children had difficulty building relationships with other youngsters in the local community whether due to stigma or the fact that they were, in the words of the Washington Post, dirty and full of sores on their body. They were often not permitted to play with other neighborhood kids at the local playground. Now, this was the place that Travis explored where in 1987, Tallahassee police tipped off by an anonymous caller, found a group of six children being supervised by two finders members. They were promptly arrested, charged with child abuse. The police, who kept their sources confidential, made multiple claims around the time, and an affidavit was written claiming that the children had been used in rituals. The source claimed to not have witnessed any abuse, but that, quote, several round stones gathered near the finder's residence could have been, quote, used in satanic rituals. So <laughs> sorry, it's another sorry, like, oh, sorry, sorry. Man, circle of stones. I, and <laughs> I can see those being used in satanic rituals. That's also, also a fire. Like many things, sitting around and telling ghost stories. Uh, I don't fucking know. They have animals and stones and fire, all satanic things. Incredibly satanic. (laughs) The Washington apartments were searched, and the Washington Post claimed that, quote, some photos visible through a bag carried from the location were wallet-sized photos of children, similar to school photos, and some were of naked children. Yeah, U.S. Customs claimed that the materials seized included photos showing Children involved in bloodletting ceremonies of animals and one photograph of a child in chains, like, uh, like Travis mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. The claims were obviously disturbing. But a deeper look at the material that these claims were made about and the fact that both men were later cleared of any wrongdoing reveal a little bit of a different story. The Washington City paper, looking back on the affair nine years later, stated that, quote, Nothing illegal was uncovered, which might indicate the police were using their interpretation of the material to justify the arrests at the time. One of the items they found was a photo album labeled The Execution of Henrietta and Igor.
3: The Washington City paper described it as A series of snapshots depicting berobed adults and children slaughtering goats in a wintry woodscape. One photo depicted giggling toddlers pulling dead kids from a womb. Baby goats ran the caption. Another showed a grinning adult presenting a goat's head to a startled child it's so funny because like it's just to them it's like a funny scrapbook or whatever and everyone's yeah. like look at this ritual
2: abuse and like yeah it fucking it's not the best maybe to have kids pull out like dead no baby it's goats. Not a good
1: look but like on a farm that shit probably happens yeah. quite a bit I mean kids grow up fairly quick they and have they to deal wanted, with yeah, death and animals and they
2: wanted to like raise them like oh strong you know like independent like mm-hmm. y- y- young Indians of the plane Yeah you,
1: you do the you kill the goat you take the dead babies out you learn. do all. I Stuff. we make adults. funny label
2: later <laughs> yeah so at the time instead of playing ball with the normies in the media the finders refused to break character from the same article
3: the two dozen members had been thriving outside of the mainstream for years pooling the resources and raising kids in a freeform family they enjoyed life on the fringe and even though the investigation put a spotlight on them they weren't about to step out into the light of day instead they sparred with reporters and in mock interviews and leaked faked investigative leads about their activities. The episode was a fever dream, stoked by media reports that turned out to have no basis in fact. The group deftly kept the mystique level cranked up and simply waited for the heat to die down. It worked. The child abuse charges were dropped. The feds backed off. The children were returned to their mothers, and the finders returned to their mysterious activities. Eventually, fading from the media's freak of the week radar screen. This
2: was later referred to as Goat Gate within the community, <laughs> and, <laughs> and it caused, Mate Gate Goat Gate Mate Gate Goat Gate many gates. <laughs> and it caused an internal rift that would never fully heal. Robert Terrell, the guy who had previously
1: described Marion Petty in glowing words, later explained that it changed everything. The mothers didn't like the way Petty handled it, apparently, and they left right after that. It changed the course of the finder's It was never the same. So, yeah, it looks like the moms of those kids
2: didn't like the fact that he was fucking around in the aftermath of the arrest. Like, he was like, they were like, dude, we're trying to fucking get our kids back from the dumbass state of Florida, and you're fucking doing like more ARG shit. Yeah. Fuck you, we're taking the kids. So, none of the mothers told the police that the children had been abused, and Terrell emphatically claims that we
1: were just slaughtering
2: goats for food. It was Petty's stoking of the media spectacle in the aftermath of the arrest which seemed to piss them off. Terrell stayed on for four more years, but he also soured in 1991 and bailed on the Finders. That's because it appears that Marion Petty had continued down his increasingly authoritarian
3: path and begun to change the way the Finders handled money. From the article again. Petty tried to change the game, says Terrell. When they came around, there was no doubt that if you put your money in the group, you could get it back. It was referred as the Invisible Bank. But somewhere along, Petty came up with the idea of what he called the Last Man's Club, Implication being that once you put something in, you never got it back again. <laughs> I love to- <laughs> <laughs> that's,
1: that's, 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 that's the club. <laughs> it's like yeah. It's like
3: I've I've got a he's uh, like
1: I've got a brilliant idea. You, it's a new game. It's a new game, and it's called the Last Man's Club. Yeah. It's a delicious game, and how it works is is like this. You give me your money. Yeah. You give me your money. You put it into the group, hmm. and you never get it back. <laughs> <laughs> fuck this how can you just yeah. get how can you give that a name? That's like <laughs> me. That's like me being yeah. like, okay, I'm gonna. Mm -hmm. i've got a new game and and it's and it's called uh, i'm keeping all the patreon money it's called this it's called the sleeping giant where um i stay in bed and don't show up to work (laughs) 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 i love that game actually i'm fucking down for the sleeping
2: giant about half our audience has lost their jobs because they played the sleeping giant (laughs) for sure it's a good game Eventually, 4X members sued Petty, asking that the money they
1: invested in the group be returned to them. Nonetheless, Terrell maintained that, If you look at the history of utopian movements in America, the Finders have a legitimate place because of the experimentation that went on. It was a good experiment, a lot of people learned from it, and I wouldn't trade it for anything. It lasted for 20 years while I was there, and I wouldn't call it a failure. One of the neighbors of the Washington apartments, a
2: college professor, called them a close-knit group of feminists who liked to help people, explaining that, quote, the neighborhood talks about them because of their lifestyle. After Goatgate quieted down and nobody was sent to jail, the finders continued operating without children in the picture. Petty was busy fighting the lawsuit and relocated to a small town called Culpepper, which he had resided in on and off growing up. In his mid-70s now, he continued cultivating an image of himself as an eccentric. A few journalists and conspiracy theorists interviewed him around this time. He was followed around by a bodyguard slash assistant and was clearly unable to drop the shtick and move on. Despite it being the mid-90s, Petty seemed stuck in his boomer beatnik ways. He seemed increasingly prone to treating his followers like they were neurotics and he was somehow curing them. Finders roved Culpepper, taking notes, Petty grew to be known as the stroller because he was seen constantly walking through the town, usually sporting a cane and carrying a notepad. Mm. A finder wrote a tongue in cheek, but incredibly
3: tiresome official report on him. It said this, a cavalier gentleman emanating a Southern traditional style, very large proportioned male with barrel chest and lanky long legs, a gray hair still fleckled with sandy highlights, cropped shorts, and looks like a home cut. Radiates a very casual but completely confident sense of self, a sort of Gaddafi without the ego. Makes jokes about switching roles, yet always carries himself like an active duty officer. Does not fidget. When seated in car or domicile, assumes a position and holds it. No fast movements, steady, modulated voice, not bass. Sometimes speaks in a clenched teeth fashion, yet other times has a hint of Virginia drawl. Maintain that he likes young pussy more than old pussy. Moreover, upon questioning, stated that, quote, twice a week since the age of 13 or so has been the optimum amount for me. Farts a lot, (laughs) eccentric in urinary habits, uh, walks 10 to 20 miles a day and has done so for years, uh, reports that the secret of his health and happiness is having consistently associated only with people he likes and who likes him. So now, yeah, hold on. Just,
2: just everyone's having a fancy old, funny old time talking about each other, and they can't. It's like this may sound creepy in a way, but it's also just that '60s way of like, oh yeah, easy rider. I likes me some young pussy.
1: Uh, yeah, I just imagine this guy going around with his like cane yes. and like shit, and just going like,
2: yeah, he's just hilarious, like, and uh, all the time. Everyone has to laugh, like, and it's what a funny, good life we have. His old friend Terrell, who had become somewhat of a normie and reintegrated society at that point, seemed to feel
1: sorry for his former idol. I don't know why Petty is turning outward and doing things like he's doing in Culpepper. When I was there, we always subscribed to the philosophy of keeping a very low profile, being invisible and doing our thing. Why he's choosing to prod or poke, I, I don't know why he's doing that. Penny held a grudge against his former disciples. In an interview, he stated that The only conflict I've ever had in my life are with those ungrateful wretches that are suing me now. They were dope fiends and emotionally disturbed people. And they got cured in my mental hospital and they left. Now they come back and want to take the hospital.
2: Referring to the lawsuit. The small town of Culpeper doesn't seem to know what to make of the group's remnants. The Washington City paper
3: article again. Townspeople say the finders constantly walk the streets, following people home and taking extensive notes and pictures. They often appear at local council meetings, never saying a word, but simply observing the scene. At other times, they plunder the visitor center of brochures, maps, and local travel guides. And they haunt the courthouse, scouring land needs to find out who owns the local real estate. Rumors fly. Did you hear what the Finders are doing at the old theater? They're planning a sage production of Paradise Lost with an all-nude cast. Or was it a gay burlesque version of Dante's Divine Comedy? Were the Finders gathered for some ritual in the back lot, or were they simply taking trash to the dumpster? People have seen glowing lights in the windows of the finder's group house at the edge of the town, along with visitors coming and going at odd hours. The lawn is mowed in a peculiar circular pattern. That's the place where they sacrifice pot pigs. One of the finder's locales in the town was an old theater, and Petty had members
2: post up cryptic sayings on on the marquee, including John 8, 32, which is, And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. The same is engraved in the lobby of the CIA headquarters. So (laughs) just (laughs) fucking with people. These are fucking LARPers. These are LARPers. There was also a newspaper clipping displayed upside down in the window with this highlighted passage. The group's practices, police said, were eccentric, not illegal. Seems like years later, Petty enjoyed triggering the normies just as much as ever.
3: So he was just living life as a troll, basically. Yeah, yeah. he, he yeah. Was, like
1: a was, theater. This is like a, like an experimental performance artist.
3: Called, I like, went
1: like, to
2: college. I lived in a fucking kind of like group artist house. Like there were characters like this. Mm-hmm. And if they had been a bit more assertive and maybe raised in the army like he was doing, yeah. their brains would have maybe made pe- people organize around them like this. Like, I don't know. He sounds like a dick. It was a bit of a fucking cult for sure. Yeah. Uh, but... This shit is not a ritual abuse club or some sort of satanic child trafficking operation. They're not CIA. No,
1: these are just weird people. This They're is just weird boring. people.
2: Maybe the CIA once in a while tapped him to get information that he had sussed from like these fucking endless ARGs because yeah, yeah. he did collect a lot of information. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um and yes, they did have like stupid written plans of like let's all make babies now and raise them like strong children and so they used those documents to prove that they were you know inseminating women and farming children where mm. really it was just dumb i mean it was like i i guess if you look at the difference between the way that they portrayed the goat thing in the media and in these reports and what that fucking photo album was you basically get the picture of the what the whole thing was yeah like yeah. the the d- disparity between. Is it a bit weird? Of course it is. Is it yeah. anything more than like dumb 60s and 70s like we're just living life on life's terms kind of mm-hmm. shit. Not really. Not yeah. really. They're kind of fun, actually. I don't know. It's an interesting it's concept.
1: It's an interesting story, yeah. Certainly
2: more interesting than the fucking FBI. Well, I mean, <laughs> I, yeah,
1: I mean, to me, the most interesting aspect is that, it, you know, he kind of was like, yes, we're, we are, like, more important than we are, and we need to go out and, like, get intelligence from, like, all around yeah. the world. And, like, actually sort of, like, just decided that he was going to be an intelligence asset and then kind of became one just just because, you know, our, our, you know, our maybe I doubt he actually was like an asset.
2: I'm mean, not you know, an asset. Maybe but if like, some like CIA gentleman came in and did an interview with him, he would like. Probably, he'd probably just fuck with him though. He'd probably, yeah. not li- he the problem so was unreliable. he was unreliable. Yeah. yeah, he was purposefully unreliable. They ran disinfo campaigns constantly. They pretended to be this or that. They moved towns. They started a company. They closed the company. They made new names. It just like, it was just it like. It
3: feels like, yeah, the CIA wouldn't partner with someone this sort of flamboyant and outlandish and sort of running into the law like this. And yeah, yeah, he was way yeah. too,
2: yeah. he created too much heat. He openly called himself like, we're an intelligence game. I was researching the CIA, like. <laughs> <laughs> fucking idiot! Like, yeah,
1: they, they just sound like a group of Coppola mockers, you know, like yeah. uh, just a, a bunch of tr- uh, mischief troublemakers. I uh, bet in the early days
2: when they were like having orgies before they decided to reproduce, before the, 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 that woman died of appendicitis, I bet this was a good ass time, a sure. like, like fun constantly ongoing arg with tons of sex and just like a fucking not less drugs so less destructive in fact a lot of them moved on to just be normies yeah they didn't burn out or die yeah everyone was still alive the guy died of old age he spent most of his time walking around and taking notes and Mm -hmm. doing dipshit interviews and tooting if you read his interviews he's infuriating he's so annoying i'm sure i'm (laughs) sure especially in his 70s just like oh god Everything, like, tying everything back, and and that comes back to what I previously said about, you know? Yeah,
1: he's like that annoying kid from theater school that, like, actually, like, took some real initiative and, and sort of, you know, played for real.
2: Do you guys remember when hipsters, like, very early on, when the term still meant, like, people with, like, bicycle mustaches yes. that wore, like kind of like turn of the century shit and uh, like the, the unicycles was still a thing associated with hipsters yeah there's still a
1: guy not hypebeast there's still a guy around melrose guys. who's got a fucking unicycle yeah. that well, i see those cycling guys
2: around. wish they were this guy right and these got people it. doing real shit in the 60s and 70s yeah kind of steampunky yeah. like uh and then in the 90s radiohead made a song where he's talking about i wish it was the 60s i wish something would happen and that's fucking, we yearn for that shit, man, because yeah. people like this, they they get fucking accused of pedophilia, then the FBI investigates them, then everyone falls out, then they fucking sue each other, and now we're living in hell.
1: Yeah, I'm ready for the FBI to start investigating us. Yeah, well, we need to be a bit more fanciful. Yeah.
2: Right now you're dressed a little too normal, my friend. I'm pretty normal, yeah. Maybe you want a little mustache. I don't know if I can grow one. You need a face tattoo.
1: That I agree.
2: Would you consider tattooing um, my entire nude body on your head?
1: Yes. Okay. You've been listening to the QAnon Anonymous podcast. At the top of every month, and in accordance with the wishes of our master, George Soros, we ritualistically honor subscribers who journeyed to Patreon.com slash QAnon Anonymous and went above and beyond for our humble show.
0: Let it be forever known that the following people subscribe at the $10 level. Alan
1: O, always screaming eternally, A.W., Brent from the None dare call it ordinary podcast. Brigham, Bullywith, Cameron M., Chimera Boy, Chris S., Cody M., Corgi M., Dave F., David C., Dylan W., Dylan Y., Emach S., Forrest, a.k.a. Dave Rube of the None dare call it ordinary podcast. Jack R., James and Molly M., James O, Jamie, John S, Joseph G, Josh R, Josiah D, Katie K, Lettuce Jones, Liz M, Matthew B, McAfee's Hammock, Meredith A, Mike, Michael M, Nicholas P, Allman Grandad, Owen H. Another Owen H. Q loves cake farts. Q.T. Revs Little Camis, Ruben H. Ryan B. Sandra L. Sydney L. Spencer D. Stephen D. Stephen A.C. T. Diddy, that one with the boobs, the Cult of Monitor, Thug Special Olympian, Timothy M. Toon Army M.I.A. Trenton C. Tua T. and you're a good friend. Uh,
2: by the way, Travis's poor face when you had to read Rev's
0: <laughs>
2: And I quote Rev's little cummies. Who by the way he's very excited that uh, that that uh, that he made that he was gonna make us read that. So good job. Yeah. Good I read job.
1: it, I enjoyed it, I loved it. Don't get any more ideas <laughs> senior even to Mr. Soros. Moloch honors his sacred few, those enshrined in history for subscribing at the $20 level.
0: Alan G. Ali. Avin S. Brand F. Your soul is mine. Caitlin J. Chichi roast you over the flames. Chris M. Derek T. Freudian face brand, good alliteration. Inkboy SP, Joel HD, Joel TH, Josh S, Commander Clean, we will wage war in the underworlds. Lizzie, Luke B, Michael W, Michelle, none dare call it ordinary. Peyton B, Poker and politics, may you rot in hell with me. (laughs) <laughs> Seb G, Shirley G, and Travis J D. E. Thank
2: you. Yeah, thanks everybody so much.
1: Yes, thank you. Thank you guys, we love you. A listener, uh, uh, until next
0: week, uh, may the deep dish uh, bless you and uh, keep you. It's not a conspiracy, yeah, it's fact. It. And now, today's, today's auto-cue. auto-cue. Former CIA Director John McLaughlin. You have to agree that now the impeachment inquiry is underway, sparked by a complaint from someone within the intelligence community. It feeds the president's uh, concern and often used term about a deep state being there to take him out. you
3: know, thank God for the deep state.
0: (laughs) Former CIA Director John Brennan.
1: And the professionals that carry out their daily responsibilities in those places are going to continue to do what it is that they are expected to do. The reason why Mr. Trump has this very contentious relationship with the CIA and FBI and the deep state people.
0: And you.
3: And me, yeah. Specifically uh, I've heard these targets, yes. you
0: <laughs> is because they tell the truth.